is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Hey, Nailers fans, it's DJ Abacella with another edition of the Toolbox presented to you by Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. On our last episode, we heard from new head coach Mark French. Now it's time to hear from our new assistant coach, a fan favorite when he played here in Wheeling. It is, of course, the one and only Derek Army. Derek, man, it is so great to have you back in the wheel. I got to ask you, though, this was extremely hard for me, so I can't even imagine how hard it was for you to keep it a secret prior to it being announced that you were assistant coach. Was your phone blowing up, or what was that like? <laughs> yes, it, it was blowing up for sure. It's, first off, it's, it's awesome to be back. I, I couldn't be more excited. But as far as that goes, yeah, the phone was blowing up. I had some of the, the fans reach out you know, about the position. and I didn't want to spoil the surprise, so I just said, you know, we'll have to hopefully wait and see. And and then, you know, like the other end was from the old Nailers players. They were all excited. I had to tell Burt's and Bracer and Bakes and those guys, but when everyone else found out, they were really excited. And I think it's, it's now, with me back, at least a good excuse to get some of those guys back a visit. Yeah, how many of the finals guys reached out to you once they found out that you were indeed the assistant coach? We have a group chat with all the finals guys in it, so pretty much... Every single guy reached out, and every single guy has expressed interest about coming back or doing some sort of reunion. So all those guys, then you know the guys after a few teams after, and the guys like Morgan Ellis reached out, and you know he had a lot of pride too in being a nailer. So a lot of old players reach out. It was good to hear from everyone, and everyone's a little a little excited to kind of have a connection again with the team. One of the things that I've enjoyed the most in the last few months, granted it's been a struggle for some, but the opportunity to do the series that we did with that finals team, nailing it down, now that you've had a chance to see the four parts of it and how it all came together, what did you enjoy most actually getting to watch it after being part of it? I mean, it was great to watch. It's great to, you know, hear some of the backstories. I think, you know, it's funny with Burtz, I was talking with him, and obviously we had lived in the cabins that year, and he didn't even remember the story with those guys going into and, and having like seance or something before the game. He didn't even know the story. So some of the, for some of the guys, it was you know nice to hear all these new stories or hear little backstories. You know, for me, I was I missed the uh, Florida trip. I had been up in Portland, so I always love hearing that story. Obviously, I knew it then, but I always love hearing that story. And it's just kind of one of those things that you know you're able to you know hear more about in more detail and to really appreciate. And for a guy like myself who had been up most of the year, I was able to really kind of hear stories that, you know, maybe I didn't know or wasn't a part of. And it's just great to see everyone's personalities and hear what everyone has to say. And for me, the best part was just being able to talk to those guys again and hear their voices and almost like you're in a locker room again. And, and yeah, that, that to me was the best part is it felt like time hadn't even passed and we were right back where we belong in, in the locker room um, laughing and joking around before practice. Everybody shared their unique stories, and like you said, there were some stories that you didn't get a chance to be part of, but you got to hear about them and learn them. But I enjoyed a couple of the stories that you shared as well, both within the team and then with the fans. I remember you talked a lot about graduation during the Eastern Conference final against the Stingrays, and then also in that same realm, the raw atmosphere at West Banco Arena with all the signs. 
Yeah, those are two that absolutely stand out. In my mind was just, you know, as far as the graduation goes, with we had been speaking with Kevin Scholes, and he was all he was a little disappointed. He was missing graduation and missing his buddy. So uh, I remember talking to the guys in the, the back of doing our playing cards and whatnot, and I was like, you know, we should do, we had the four days off, I think, between the games. And I was like, let's, let's do a graduation. And all of a sudden, we kind of just were like, let's run with it. And those guys who had missed their graduations, you know, Chinner, Wido, Sterney, probably missing someone uh, maybe Ammon those guys who had missed their graduations were able to now all of a sudden kind of do something special and it just really brought us together it was just a cool everyone loved it It was a good way for us to get together and then for me one of the greatest environments I will ever see was that coming onto the ice against Reading and to see all the signs I was legit like all those environments coming on the ice the towels and the playoffs against Allen but coming onto the ice against Reading and the signs were all up I was like oh my god it it, it legit gave you chills and I think everyone was just feeding off that and obviously that went into huge help into us winning game six and seven. You see the fan support that you get here and how much they get behind you, and you just love to see the numbers come out in droves, but there's also a very special part of this fan base that is so close with you, your season members, your booster club members, and you really get to develop a personal relationship, I feel, here that you may not necessarily get to in other cities. What does that do for you guys as players when you come here? Yeah, it, I mean, it really is a, a you know a, a family atmosphere. I know for me, one of the special relationships I had was with so my first year there. At the time, she was just small. Her name was Madison, and her mom Andrea, who I've become close with, and their family and whatnot. But she was just a young young girl. Now she's grown up, but it was cool to see her growth and kind of you almost feel you know really involved in the community in a sense of you, you know you get to watch. The, whether it be the kids grow up and you get to be a part of these families and they're involved in your life they know what's going on for you and I had many people reach out from fans about you know when I got married and so you don't get that everywhere these people they, they know what's going on in your life you want to know what's going on in theirs and it, it really goes a long way and that rookie year I, I still you know remember a lot of fans who you know in many cities you know they may not know your birthday and I had maybe six families reach out and bring cookies and whatnot and I was on a bus to Brampton with cookies and cake and whatnot for my birthday and that to me goes a long way because it really makes you feel like you're a part of their family and it makes them feel like they're a part of your family and I think that really goes a long way in how you approach the game because you're playing for more than just yourself you're playing for more than even just the team and I I think that's what made my time there so special. I think that's what made those Nailers teams, 2016 team that had the success, was it was so special because of the involvement the fans had with us. It was because of our involvement with the fans. You had a guy like Torquato, a guy who was involved in everything with the fans. He knew everyone at, at restaurants and all over town. And for us, that was one where, you know, for me as a, as a young guy in Burt's and some of these guys, we were able to kind of see this is how it should be done. And we were able to learn from Torquato and Bake and and how they did it and we were able to kind of run with that and bring that from all aspects and, and really get involved in the community. You talked about the connections to family and I think there's quite a few people here that know but for those that don't your family is going to be growing by one coming up in the fall as you and Jen are expecting a baby boy that's awesome. 
Yes, it is. Uh, it's very exciting. We found out uh, before the virus and everything hit, and we were really excited to celebrate with everyone. Unfortunately, with everything, you know, we've had to keep it safe and keep our distance and all that stuff. But it's been, we couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, you know, I've always told people this before, but for me, I've in life, I've always since I was young and growing up and whatnot, I've always dreamed of, you know, being a dad. And um, I think, you know, everyone dreams of, you know, playing the NHL or whatnot. But for me, that was a dream. But being a dad is something that I've looked forward to for a long time. You can ask anyone. I've always wanted to kind of like a big kid. So I, I, I've always looked forward to having my own little league team in the backyard or my own street hockey games going on with my with the, with the kids. So for me, this is, you know, a process and, and whatnot that I, I couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of. I know you're going to tell me that you would have been happy either way. Did you do a secret fist pump when you found out you were going to have a boy? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I, I thought the whole time, I thought we were having a girl. All that matters to me is as long as the baby's healthy, that's all I cared about. So, you know, we made sure to, uh, you know, we kept in our prayers to, for a healthy child, and that's what we will continue to do. But, yeah, that's that's one where I think we just wanted healthy, and then now after that, now, now given time to think about it, it's just... You know, I know the relationship I have with with my dad, and you know that's something I look forward to most. So, from that sense, it'll be exciting. In the sense of, uh, um, you know, if it was a daughter, it would have been exciting because I I haven't I don't have a sister or anything like that. So that would have been, you know, and everyone always talks about daddy's little girl. So that would have been cool as well. But it, it, you know, I'm I'm excited to have my little mini hockey partner right away. That means that there's now going to be an older sibling in the family as Puck gets a younger brother. How's Puck doing? <laughs> Yes, yeah, he's doing great. He's been uh, swimming a lot. He loves, if there's anyone who loves, and I think every dog can probably tell you this, but that loves the quarantine because he gets me and mom home with him at all times. So he's as happy as ever. You know, take him to the beach. He swims in the ocean. And then, you know, when we're by the lake, he swims in the lake. And he's an active guy. And, you know, I think he'll uh, he'll be excited. He hasn't figured out that my wife's pregnant yet. So hopefully he uh, he lays low on the jumping. <laughs> is he going to be around the rink a lot? I know you're probably going to look for somewhere around here where you get a nice yard for him to run around too. Yeah, we'll try and find something a nice little spot for him in an area for us. But yeah, he should be around. You know, hopefully we'll I'll bring him around the rink, uh, keep the mood loose, and maybe he can chase a few bucks after practice. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Thinking about around town, this might be a tough question for you, but you know the city really well, and I know there's a lot of spots that you liked when you were here. So when you first are able to get back in Wheeling and we start to get things going for the season, what's going to be one of the first places you go to? You can give me multiple. You can give me a restaurant. (laughs) You can give me a recreational spot. Your call. Okay, so I will kind of want to visit, you know, a few different spots. I, I might start with a nice little lunch at Later Gator and, you know, have, have a nice little meal there, then work, maybe work my way up for a round of golf at Ogle Bay and then make my way back and visit Generations and maybe the 19th hole for uh, a soda or two and just, uh, you know, kind of, you know, see the people that, you know, I had such good relationships with then and, and just get back to spots that I, I have so many great memories of. That's a perfect answer. You did well on that. We didn't have to think about it either. No, no. I, I mean, for me, generations will always have a special place in my heart, and we had a lot of good times there. So I can't wait to get back there. Uh, there's so many, you know, there's honestly a lot of great places in Wheeling to go. So, you know, I, I make sure to visit all the, the different spots, whether it be the Alpha or, you know, I, that was, a, I know, I think it's a move, but that was a, one of our favorites as well. And uh, Avenue Eats and Sloppy Joe's there and 
So I, I'm excited to get back and get a taco bag too up at Neely's. So there's a lot there, but I, you know, I loved it. I love being around town. I think all the guys did and going to all these uh, spots and being in, you know, really involved in everything. I think for the new players that come here this year too, they'll appreciate that knowledge of what's around, what to do, where to go, what to see. But for you, what's going to be when we talk hockey a little bit, some of the best advice that you can give these players in terms of what it means to be a nailer both on the ice and in the community? I think for for me, the best advice I can give is you a lot of times you see guys and I was one of them. I left college and I had had great experience at Providence College. I had grown up always dreaming of playing there. I had grown up everything in the area, so I, I wanted to be a friar. And so when I left college, a little bit of me was kind of like, you know, almost like I'll never find this again kind of a thing. And I got to Wheeling even in that first time. And I was still in college at the time, but I was got to Wheeling and I got to meet the guys. I had a blast with them and, you know, it led to the next year and, and so on. But for me, I think... I think I was open-minded and in, in coming in and, and wanting to really get involved. That's kind of my personality too. But like, I wanted to get involved in everything. I wanted to, you know, help out the community. But I also wanted to be a part of a, a team that was special, like the teams I had at PC. And so the advice I would give is, you know, let your guard down and, and be invested. Let yourself get invested in this, and you never know where it leads. And for me, some of the the, the guys that I met there and the times I had in Wheeling surpassed some of the times I had at PC. And now you know, these connections that I have and that, you know, from the winning team and from the different teams will live on forever. And these memories continue. So for me, it's like, you know, invest in something new. Don't live in the past. Turn the page and you never know what's going to hit you. You never know who maybe this connection will lead to something. These guys you play with, maybe you want to be a coach and down the road, this particular players in coaching, or in my case, it led to coming back to the spot I was comfortable, but it led to a coaching job. I had a great relationship with the people in the organization, the Pittsburgh Wilkes-Barre organization, and it's led for me to be back where I would say I belong, but where I had such great memories. And now that's one of those things where if I wasn't open-minded or if I didn't really take it all in and try and put 100% of myself into it, I don't think that would have happened. So it's tough getting through to some guys to you know really get out of their shell, but that would be the best advice I have is, hey, turn the page. This is you know, maybe you want to be in the American Hockey League, but this is where you are now. Enjoy every second of it because it's not always going to be here and you're fortunate enough to be playing and give everything you have to it and just enjoy everything. Will it be a different feel for you turning that page here from player to assistant coach? And also because of that, was it a good thing that you had a chance to start in your new role in Worcester rather than going straight from player to coach here? I think it helped in, in a lot of senses. For me, it helped in Worcester because my wife and I hadn't lived together. I had traveled a lot, and she had been home in Rhode Island, and, and we were able to live in Providence, and it was great for our marriage to have two years where we were close to home with all our friends, and we were able to, you know, really have set a good foundation for it and, you know, enjoy our two years. But, you know, now we're up for an adventure together, so that will be a huge piece. So I think starting in Worcester was very helpful. Yeah, I learned a lot from Jamie, but coming back, it, it will be different than you know was before where you know you're out with the guys and all the time and you're hanging out with them you know obviously it's a, a different role now but I have a great relationship already obviously with with yourself the ownership group uh, Brian and Don and Billy and you know I'm comfortable in that sense and with Mark there you know we've already developed such a good relationship 
off the hop. So, you know, I'll have people to go kind of that locker room type atmosphere and go out to eat and whatnot. So that'll be fun, but it will be a little bit different. And then on top of it, obviously, with you know, the first time I was around, it was just me. Now all of a sudden I have a, a wife, a baby, and a dog. So it'll be a little bit different this time. Head coach Mark French, first year with the Nailers, has had a lot of success with the AHL. What are you most looking forward to working with with him? I think just picking his brain about everything. Like we've been discussing a lot of players recently, and obviously for myself, I you know I've been around the league a long time, and you know he's coming to the league a little bit fresh, so I'm trying to help give him as much knowledge of players or different things as much as I know. And but you know we're able to kind of work hand in hand with recruitment and that kind of stuff. But I'm most excited to just be with him during the season and have him kind of watch him run a practice and just his demeanor right now is, is something that sticks out to me. I, I think he's got such a, he's like a calming presence. He's very open. He's very, you know, to, talking with me about things. He just seems like a genuinely great guy and someone you want. Those are, you know, those are obviously guys you want to work for. And for me, I just, I look forward to being there, hear his, you know, how he approaches the locker room to see how, because he obviously, with all the success he's had, he's, whether he had it in, in the locker room with monitoring, you know, the team and whatnot or the systems involvement or the practices and how he approaches the game and I think that to me is what I look forward to most is his knowledge uh, of these situations and you can already see that and when we talk and when we talk about you know how he coaches and and whatnot that you can already see his hockey knowledge and that is something I look forward to diving into more and just you know really taking all in and learning from him. You've had some great minds that you've had a chance to learn from. You mentioned Jamie in Worcester. You had Nathan Lehman in Providence who won a national championship. Clarkie had all the success that he had here, Clark Donatelli. Your dad, Tim. Are there different items that you take from each of those guys? Are they still people that you'll reach out to today and seek advice when you run into a different scenario? Yes, yeah, for sure. I'm lucky enough I have my dad, and he's a great person to have. I'll talk to him all the time for advice. As far as Jamie from Worcester, I built such a great relationship with him, and I I had him in college, and I, I lean on him for a lot of things. I lean on him, you know, obviously in the past in Worcester, but I, even before when I was in Wheeling, I, I leaned on him. He's a mentor to me in that sense, and I, I, I still try to talk with a lot of the coaches I've had. I, I talk with, I touch base and talk with Coach Lehman quite a bit. I always just try to follow PC as well and, you know, let him know I'm supporting the team and whatnot and but it's great to pick his brain and then you know Clarky I talked to you know Clarky was at my wedding and I talked to him I probably talked to him a month ago and I'll talk to him I have no problem calling him for advice because he's been through everything so I have a really good support system I guess of coaches that I can call and you know there's plenty of others too in the American League who I had the fortune to play for that you know I, I really learned a lot from and I was able to take different things so like uh, for example Mike Stuthers and in Ontario you know I was there quick for him but there was a lot of things how he handled the team that I really liked or there was Tom Rowe and how he treated me when I was a call up in Portland uh, Mike Van Ryan how he approached the team when I was in Tucson how detailed and, and he was he had John Slaney and, and Potvin who was this other assistant they were they were so detailed and that's something that I really liked as well so I've been able to take a lot from different coaches I've had you and Mark both have a lot of experience with successful teams, him with the two cups, you with the 16 finals teams, and experience in winning. I feel like there's nothing that quite replicates those two. So as you both start working on building the team this summer, what are some of the things that have stuck out to you from your career, whether it be a team style, it's chemistry, or something else that you thought, wow, this was a real X factor in taking a team from good to great that you'd like like to try and put on this team this year? 
I think it, the most successful teams aren't always the most skilled or best teams. Some of the most successful teams are, it's about who, you know, buying in and, and really, like I said earlier, and diving into it and being wholeheartedly involved in it. And I think that's probably the biggest thing and the biggest way you're going to find success. And the teams I had success with, whether it be at Providence College or, you know, in Wheeling or, you know, my time when, you know, I was in the playoffs with Texas or Milwaukee or Tucson. And so the teams that had the most success were the most involved in it. And I think Mark would say the same thing. I'm sure the investment from guys, obviously you have to have the right players and you have to have the right assortment. So you have everyone playing their job or doing their role, but you have the right assortment, you have the right buy-in. And I think that's the most important thing. And that's obviously hard to really develop but you have to you know really work at the players and work with the community and try and get everyone to kind of mold and just get those get everyone thinking the same thing so I think that would be the biggest thing as far as players go you just have to have hope for the the right mix and you know if you fill all the roles and touch all the bases and you're just kind of ready to go from there so like me you can eat drink sleep and talk hockey literally all day long and I know that you and Mark have done a lot of work in the last few weeks targeting who you want on the team, trying to get deals signed. But let's talk a little bit about this quarantine, which I know that everybody's gone through. So what else have you found yourself doing? Obviously getting ready for a new baby coming into the world, but have you found any new hobbies or improved on anything around the house? So as far as the hockey side of things, I've done a lot of, uh, you know, I've upped my reading and I've tried to do a lot of there's, you know, different coaching seminars that I've kind of taken part of and just taken notes and listened. So as far as bettering myself as a coach, that's what I've tried to do. And then other than that, though, my wife and I have done a lot of cooking. So we have branched out a little bit in some of the things we've cooked. So that's been that definitely makes a nice uh, change when you're, you know, you're having meals and uh, you're having something different. I've spent a lot of time with the dog running around playing fetch. So I taught him how to play. Uh, he kind of learned on his own how to play fetch. And I love the uh, the Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN, The Last Dance. That was awesome. So that's kind of that's that's kind of what I have for you. All right, what are you cooking? What's the new? You mentioned learning new items in the kitchen. So what's been maybe a favorite dish that you've pulled off? So there's a few. I love stuffed peppers. Now uh, are something I love. We've homemade some pizza. That's been fantastic. And then done some grilling, which you know I, I love grilling. So that's kind of been you know I've always done that. But those would be the big ones. We make uh, started making kind of chili and stuff like that. So those would be things that stand out as the three meals that I've been like, ooh, those have been really good. You said the Jordan documentary, which I think everybody watched. I loved it. I thought that was absolutely fantastic, The Last Dance on ESPN. You said reading, too. Is it mostly in the sports world, or do you divert from that at all? A lot of it was in the sports world in terms of, like, leadership. I read a NHL uh, coaching book. I read the – it was a book, leadership and stuff about the All Blacks, the, the rugby team. That's a book that stands out to me. On the TV side, did you dive into anything like Tiger King at all, or did you kind of steer away from that, or were there any other series that caught your eye? I have not watched Tiger King. I'm a sitcom guy. I love, you know, just lighthearted TV, so I watched a TV show called Community on Netflix. That was funny. Other than that... I don't, no show stands out to me. I've watched some movies. I just watched the movie Knives Out, which is a very good movie as well. So that's kind of where that's at. Have you seen any? Is there anything that stands out for you, Deej? 
Well, for me, I, I did watch Tiger King. I thought they were all certifiably nuts. Um, so I thought that was interesting. From a sports perspective, one that I really enjoyed, and I think fans around here would appreciate it too, was a soccer one in Europe called Sunderland Till I Die. It was a team that got relegated out of the English Premier League to the Champions League, which is real interesting because that's something that we don't really experience around here. It'd be like a team stinking in the NHL, and all of a sudden the next year they're having to play out of the AHL. And just kind of going through the process, the business side of it, the player side of it, and the fans too. It was really fascinating to watch that one for me. Deej, it's funny you mentioned that. I started watching that. I'm a few episodes into season one. I forgot. I, I started watching that. It's a fascinating documentary and, and seeing how right now I haven't seen, I did hear how they dropped another league, but it's crazy how much, the, you know, everyone's involved and how much they struggle. It gives you a, a really unique view of the business. And what's that kind of been like for you now being on the business side of the sport as opposed to the playing side of the sport? Yeah, it's very different in a sense. You know, I think the most different thing I can think of or the thing I had the hardest time with my first year is when things aren't going well, there's only so much you can do. You know, you give a guy a pep talk or, you know, you try and maybe change something on the bench. But as a player, you could do what, you know, if you were really struggling, maybe you didn't, it just wasn't your day. You could go out and try and stir it up and chirp someone and try and get involved that way. Or you could fight and that really kind of amps you up a bit and that gives you a little something. Or you can really do some things to try and change the game or get yourself more involved. Whereas as a coach, you're a little bit helpless in that sense. Like you change things, but when things aren't going well, you can't jump on the ice and change it. You're just kind of sitting there. You're like, oh man, like you lose that aspect. So that was one that stood out to me. But, you know, as far as the preparation side of things, you know, as a player, you, you work out in the summer and you get yourself, your body ready and mentally you get ready. And But, you know, it's a pretty lighthearted summer. Whereas as a coach and you're on the other side of things, we spend all day, I'm not working out, but we're recruiting. We're trying to get in contact with age and talk with players and then from a coaching standpoint you want to better yourself as a coach you're reading a lot and you're learning so that was something that stands out and then during the season you know the preparation as a player you practice and you go home and you can kind of shut your mind away from the game as a coach you're always thinking the game and I know I've seen that with firsthand with my dad is he as much as me and you love hockey I think he loves hockey times a million so as a kid like you know he came home and hockey was you know he thought about his team all the time and you know that's what you know probably why he's so successful as a coach but that's something as a coach and, and management and whatnot you think about hockey all the time and I think that's going to be one of the things that makes you very successful here as an assistant coach as you eventually graduate to a head coach and hopefully move up the levels along the hockey ladder. And I'm really happy to see, too, that while you've put so much energy and effort into the hockey side that you're also able to have some fun like we talked about. You're watching some good TV. You're cooking some great meals. The dog knows how to fetch now. Like that, It all comes together as a neat package. And it's going to be really fun to experience everything with you with Jen, with your new baby boy this year, too. And I know that the fans are so pumped to see you, all of you as well back here in the wheel. Yeah, thank you. We're we're very excited. Yeah, it's it's one you got to find that right balance. And I've you know read some things and and whatnot of different people who had success. And you know it was good to see the Michael Jordan documentary and see why they had success. And he was a guy who always tried to better himself at every point. He was always trying to get better and competing. And something for me, I, I love my favorite thing in the world is competing. Like if we can have a competition, I you know that's a dream for me. So that you know you learn that in that sense. But as far as uh, 
just as a person, you know, it's good to kind of shut your mind off a little bit from the game and just enjoy your family and whatnot. So I've been lucky enough. I have my beautiful wife who we get to have a lot of fun together and, you know, that takes my mind off the game. And now with, you know, the baby on the way and the dog and whatnot, it's, it's nice to in stress level to turn, turn away from the game for a little bit. And when you're away from the rink, just enjoy your family. Well, in that case, let's go ahead and keep on moving things forward. Hopefully everything can continue on a positive path here and we can get the Army family down here to Wheeling and get this fun really off and running here in the next few months. Derek, I can't thank you enough for always giving me all the time in the world and I know the fans love hearing from you and absolutely cannot wait for what's going to be a really fun season ahead. I look forward to it. And for the fans out there, too, who don't know, DJ and I actually have known each other a long, long time. And I just want you guys to know, I don't know if you're going to have or, you know, or you ha- you're you going to find a better radio personality or a guy who's in the community than you are with DJ. He's a guy who uh, I've been around the game a long time, and there's a lot of great radio people. And to me, DJ is as good as any vocally wise. His knowledge of the game is top notch, and he's as great of a person away from the rink as he is in the community with you or just doing everything that he does I think so you guys are lucky in that sense and from my end I look forward to working with DJ again and being back in the organization I look forward to this year and being with Mark and learning from him and just kind of getting it to see all that makes him successful and you know hopefully we have a winning team and winning environment that you guys can all see and appreciate and I, I look forward to being back in the community. You know, I found that DVD the other day from when you were a freshman at Scarborough, and I believe there's a part on it where 14-year-old you and 18-year-old me come together, so we may have to make that surface at some point this year. I would I would love that for sure, because that is a, the pictures of uh, me and you, how, how much we've uh, changed a little bit since then, I think the fans will get a kick out of. Unreal that here we are, what, 12 years later or so, and still having a blast doing what we do it's in it's unbelievable it, it, it really is it's and i'll never forget too when i saw you the first time i walked into the locker room in wheeling when uh, when i got called up and from college and um i looked and i saw you and i'm and i you hadn't come over yet and i'm like oh my god I know him. Like, I think I went to high school with him. And then all of a sudden, I hear your big voice, Derek Army. And I knew right away. And I was like, oh, my God, what a small world. And it was great, great to see you then. And and I know I had a great experience with you in both spots. So, you know, I look forward to being back with you and seeing your family again. And that's part of that family type environment that Wheeling has that, you know, you don't find in too many organizations. It's the best. I can't wait. See you soon, Derek. Thanks, Deej. Thanks for the time, and I look forward to seeing everyone soon, and and I can't wait to be back in Wheeling. Derek Army, man, what a human being he is, and like I said multiple times, I cannot wait to get him here and get this season going, and I know that all of you can't either, and I know that he is completely fired up to get the Wheeling Nailers back into a playoff position in 2020-2021. So big thanks again to Derek for joining me on this episode of The Toolbox. Stay tuned. We will be cranking out some player signings in very short order here within the next couple of weeks. I'm also working on a future Toolbox episode with former Wheeling Nailers player and now head coach of the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, Andrew Lord. I hope everybody continues to stay safe and healthy. Have an awesome 4th of July. And this has been another edition of the Toolbox presented by Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. 
I'm DJ Abicella, and we'll talk to you next time.